And welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your host, Daniel. And Daniel. And we are here live at Yumacon. Yeah, no, this is awesome. Those of you guys who are watching the podcast or watching the video version of it, you will notice our background is definitely not quite it's, the same. It's different, quite different. There's no calendar behind us. That's all. Quite different, yeah. So <laughs> because of this, we are at Yumacon in Yuma, Arizona. Uh, they invited us to do a live podcast, so we are live here in front of a bunch of currently empty chairs, but we're hoping that'll change. Hoping that, yeah, we're the first one in the morning, so. That's right. So we'll be filming this. We can't stream it live, but we will be putting this up very shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably uploading it. I don't know when you're going to upload probably it. Probably like next week. But this will be our weekly episode. Yeah, um, this will be the top eight debate that we have been holding off on doing for a while. That's right. So this is going to be a top eight debate. We're going to rocket through this. Um, this is going to be a top eight debate games, farming games. Yeah, so the reason why we chose this one is because we we're trying to figure out what are we going to do for uh, Yuma, the desert and stuff like that. Come on in. Uh, and so we were trying to figure out what's good historical about this. And our mutual friend Jim found out that Yuma is known for like 90% of the world's leafy greens. Yeah, so we decided to go with farming as our category today. So we're going to be doing a top eight debate for that. Normally we break down a couple different things. We're going to kind of speed run it today because we have about a 45 minute episode. Yep. Might be even better for our podcast listeners, but this yeah, will be so good. Yeah, so it won't be long. <laughs> so as a quick recap, our top eight debate is very simple. We do a college style football bracket, top eight debate. We have five different criteria. We have meaningful choice. We have replay value. Art and production. Uh, ease of play. And whatever GI is. What game is, immersion. Game immersion, that's right. <laughs> Clearly, I know what I'm it's talking about. It's been a while. So. It's been a while. <laughs> but we're going to be doing that, and we're also slimming it down. Uh, honorable mention, what would you say is your favorite farming game that's not included in our list? Uh, the one I picked was one I recently played. It's a roll and write farming game called Three Sisters. It is a massively large roll and write compared to some of the normal stuff that we play. So. What it does is you're you're building your farm based on what you're growing. You choose which farm you're going to. You've got one through six, and so you build your numbers out. You have to build up your corn. I believe the other one is rice. But you also build up the pumpkin patches, and then when you're done with that side, you have to go to either the farmer's market or grow your apiary or your orchard. So it just does so much when it comes into the whole overall farming com- uh, thing. So it's really neat. All right. And I picked Rakeholt, which is a Nube Rosenberg game. It's a worker placement. You have a whole grid, similar to Peace of Odin, which we're going to be debating later. Yeah. But I like it because, specifically in Rakeholt, you are getting uh, geothermal areas to grow plants. You actually have to build buildings in order to grow those. I think it's set in either Scandinavia or Iceland. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, probably Iceland. But they're growing everything from like tomatoes and potatoes and all that stuff, mainly root vegetables, but they actually have to geothermalize it. Yeah. And it's a cool setting. It's, it, I mean, it's more or less the same thing as all these other. Oh uh, yeah, pretty much. You have to feed your people. That. Yeah, you have to feed your people. No, you don't actually feed your people. You're you're inviting them to uh to a banquet. You're still feeding them. <laughs> okay, yeah, technically, <laughs> technically you're not wrong. But yes. Anyway, yeah, no, I like it a lot. And it does a really cool thing with scoring, uh, how it works. You either can score points or not score points and get the vegetables instead. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. It's awesome. We like it a lot. So, uh, yeah, Rakehold is my honorable mention. All right, before we get going into the top eight debate, if you notice this thing in front of me right now, this is for a board game called Matches. They are live on Kickstarter. This is brought to you by Thing 12 Games. 
Why is this special? Why are we advertising it? Uh, well, you know, they're not a sponsor of the podcast, but I designed it. So I'm blatantly self-promoting <laughs> for my own personal gain. No, we're looking to get funded. We're almost halfway there. Uh, please, if you get a chance, search matches on Kickstarter. Go check it out. We have the whole thing on how to play it mm -hmm. and everything on there. Also, you can follow Think 12 Games on Twitter as well as us on Twitter at EDG Podcast. And we'll have a link down uh, in our system for this. All right. So, with that being said, we want to get straight into it. Let's start with our very first quarter. How about final. we uh, tell the brackets first? Yeah, let's actually say what game <laughs> we're right? uh, Yeah, our number one, Feast for Odin. Versus our number eight, Cacao. Our number two, Viticulture. Versus our number seven, Bonanza. Our number three, Puerto Rico. Versus our number six, Takenoko. And our number four, Caverna. Versus our number five, Above and Below. Hey, you know what? Uwe Roosevelt really likes his farming. He sure does. I think he was hungry when he made every one of his games. <laughs> Pretty sure. All right, let's start with our first one. Beast for Odin versus Cacao. As always, we don't have a cup of doom with us normally. But no, we got these in my hat. In your hat of doom, I'll flip our coin. Daniel, you'll be debating first. All right, let's see. What am I going to get? I get Feast for Odin. All right. So I think Feast for Odin should move on because there is some farming in there when it comes to like the ranching style, not really the leafy greens. You, you can uh, multiply your cows and your sheep. And you still have to feed your people with vegetables. But you can also get a lot of your vegetables by raiding as a Viking. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, eh. I mean, with, the, with that game, he threw everything with the kitchen sink. Yeah, it, there, it there's polynomials, dice rolling, you know, you have combat in it. Like, it's weird. Yeah. Um, my argument, Cacao, why I think Cacao should move on, okay. is because Cacao, it technically has farming. But you're sending your workers, it's a checkerboard pattern. You, you put a worker tile out, which will have four workers facing mm -hmm. in different directions. There might be one in each, or it might be three in one, it might be two in two. But you place those out, and the action tile that you set it next to, which is really fun, uh, determines how many times you take that action. So it's kind of like a multiplier. It's a really ingenious idea, and set, knowing when to sell cow, you want to buy it right away, you can roll yeah. five, sell it right away for the highest margins. Yeah. But getting your worker tiles out there, I mean, I think it's a great game. It's brilliant. As much as I like Feast for Odin, I don't know. That's hard for me to justify it moving on. But really, when it boils down to it, both of them really don't, do don't have... Do, they don't do farming that <laughs> Yeah, they are farming <laughs> as in you take some tokens that are food themed, right? Yeah. And... So that's a tough choice. Um, between the two, there's more meaningful choice in, in Feast for oh, Odin. A lot more there, meaningful choice. There is... Technically more game immersion because there is slightly more farming yeah. and ranching. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. I don't know. Maybe Honestly, the lines aren't production. Aren't production. Ooh. <laughs> I mean they're both they're both fine. Yeah, they're they're great. Uh, the art, I can I see like Peace Road a little bit better. For the art, sure. Yeah. Um, so right there there's three to one. Alright. Peace for Odin moves on. Alright. Our next bracket will be Viticulture, our number two seed versus number seven seed, Bonanza, which is one of my personal favorites. Viewers of the podcast know that. I absolutely adore Bonanza. Oh. I hope I get to argue it. <laughs> All right, you'll be arguing first. All right, let's see what I get. Why am I arguing all the time now? <laughs> uh, Viticulture. All right. 
And I know that's like probably your favorite game on this list, right? Oh, oh yeah, uh, hands uh, down. I think it's like it was in my was it top five of what, my top one hundred. I it was it was, it was up one there for a while. Yeah. yeah. It was one for a while until I played Gloomhaven. Although Bonetta is almost my number two, and I play more games, so I'm better. <laughs> no, but I've seen your games you play. They're quite ugly, too. Whereas Vidi Culture, not that ugly. But uh, for my choice with this one, I would say Vidi Culture goes more. Because, yeah, you're farming beans, but for Bonanza, it's really more of an economic game because you're trying to sell your beans at the proper time. Viticulture, you're actually farming your grapes, you're building your grapes, you're making your wine, you're selling your wine. So you're doing the whole process all the way through, building up your winery, your farm. Whereas Bonanza, you're just weird uh, people beans and you're trying to sell those. Well, I mean, yeah. The thing is, Bonanza's a fun game. It's more fun. It's more immersive because in the bean market, Clearly, there is that really anamorphic, anamorphic, you know, chili beans, coffee beans, which are technically not beans. Don't um, get me wrong. Bonanza is more fun than it should actually be. Right. It's an amazing game. I don't disagree. I mean, with, with the whole spectrum of what we're arguing right now, with actual farming games, Viticulture really does encompass uh, actual fun. Farming, that is yeah, the whole you, premise you have of to the grow game. your... I won't disagree with that. <laughs> So I will agree to let it move on for the sake of argument, because normally we would, I would... Yeah, because we're, we're trying to run through this yeah. quickly. The argument from ends up, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Anyway, that's all I'll say about it. <laughs> so, Viticulture moves on. All right, our next round. Mariko Takenoko. Mariko versus Takenoko. And I will be arguing this one. Oh, lovely. Fine. I hope you get Takenoko. I hope I don't. <laughs> <laughs> You get Takenoko. You anyway, so Takenoko, you, in the game, you are laying down different kinds of tiles, which will grow different colors of bamboo. Throughout that, you have the gardener that is that is doing that. Uh, you, all, you also have uh, a panda that is walking around eating. So you're going to score points in three different ways. Either what kind of bamboo the panda eats, what kind of bamboo the farmers grow, and into what heights, and what patterns you've laid out the tiles. Everyone's working off of the same board, moving around the pieces, it's an interesting little game. Um, it is going to have a big knock, as always. As viewers, always, yep. Uh, viewers of the podcast know this, and our audience gets to know this. We are both colorblind. Takenoko hurts. Yeah. The colors on that are terrible. It is not well-defined. They did a terrible job on that. Um, that's the biggest knock to it. Other than that, it's a great family-weight little game. Yeah, it's a nice little game. My issue with the colorblindness is because they have two shades of bamboo that are so close together. When I thought, okay, now I can finally grow my bamboo, they're two different colors. Yeah. And so they're like, no, you can't because... There, and there's multiple times where... And not only that, the components don't match the colors that are on the tile. No. Too. They're no. a slight off shade, which doesn't work for the, us. the bamboo doesn't work because it's a different shade than the tile color and the card color is different from both of those colors. Right. It's rough. It is so rough. Whereas Puerto Rico, even though it's historical, Ooh, the layer game. Uh, yeah, the, 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 layer the game. browns and the Nothing greens. Nothing but browns and grays and greens. That's all So that was are. really, really rough. <laughs> and also, I mean, they're reprinting it, but there was a big knock about it too, about the historical content about it. I'm like, I understand it and I can also right. understand why colonialism, why some people are upset about it. but. 
It is what it is. You can't erase history, but you also need to be sensitive to what's going on. And this right. one, you're basically just overall trying to make colonialism fun game kind of thing. But right. But the game itself, the core uh, basis of Puerto Rico, is such a sound game. It is one of the most strategic games on the yeah, list. It has so much that there's almost no random in it other than which uh, plantation tiles come out. Exactly. And... There is a lot of farming on this because you're you're building tobacco farms, you're building um, I think cocoa, uh, cocoa farms or coffee farms. Or coffee. Like, yeah. yeah. So there is yeah. so much more in this than Takanoka, where you're just basically growing bamboo for pandas. But chibis though. Yeah. No, I do. This, this is one of the few times that art and production both is the biggest benefit and the biggest, the biggest drawback. Yeah. It's not colorblind friendly. Yeah. So are we in agreement, Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico moves on. Alrighty. Alright, and our final, the quarterfinals, will be Caverna versus Above and Below. For some reason, it's on our list. I, I don't get it. We'll be arguing this argument first. Alrighty, let's see what happens here. And just so the audience knows, what if there's ever a time where Daniel and I reach an, a disagreement and we cannot decide, it is up to audience vote. Normally, it's live audience. So, <laughs> <the> audience <vote>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I am going to be arguing above and below. Good luck. Uh, yeah, and this is the one where I'll we got we, when we drew this list. It's like, how do you argue this one? Because yeah, there's farming in it, but there's more fishing than anything in this one. Right. Uh, I, yeah, I know you do grow some vegetables, but yeah. or we find it because you can get like carrots and stuff like that when you're doing the story mode part of it. So it's intriguing to me. There is some. But there's not a lot in it. Right. And so it's going to be hard for me to even make a sound argument for this to move on. Because Converna, it's all about farming. To be honest, I don't remember a single part about it that has farming <laughs> in it. And, and one of our audience members brought up a really good point. Like, what about Scythe? That has more farming in it. What about, uh, you know, any of the other games that was listed? That, well, would, the, that should be on the list. The thing well. about Scythe, too, is just it's more about exploiting the land than sure. actual farming. <laughs> But above and below, it has nothing that, that it has. So yeah, no, I agree with That's going to make my argument nice and easy. Yeah. I'm arguing for Caverna, which is based on Agricola. Agricola has agri agriculture in the name. And it Caverna's full name just is a farming the game. cave farmer. Yeah, so. Caverna is just the cave farmer. So it's literally it added in the dwarfs and going into the caves, getting resources. There's no reason Caverna can't go on compared to something like... Uh, I mean, in other games, yeah, but compared to something like Above and Below, where you're also going underground and not farming, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, you're, 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 you're venturing instead. On all of those categories, so yeah, hands down, goes to Caverna, Caverna moves on. All right, so moving on, we have Feast for Odin going to be going head-to-head -head with Caverna in the second round in Viticulture versus Puerto Rico. And I'll be arguing the first one, either Feast for Odin or Caverna. Now we have an interesting argument. Juve both. Both Juve <laughs> Rosenberg games. Both games, I mean, all of his games are really about farming. So, uh, you get Feast for Odin? Feast for Odin. So, in Feast for Odin, like I said, you are upgrading your trading goods. So, of course, the game itself leads you to building off that engine, but it doesn't require that you do it. That's what's so cool about the, this game compared to the others. Feast for Odin, yes, you have the polynomial, uh, pieces that you're laying out in different patterns yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to cover your board that's cool you're basically building an engine 
yes, you are Vikings, and that makes sense. You want to get food for your feast or to celebrate Odin. So what you are doing in this game is you are going out, you're pillaging villages, you're making deals with places, you're shipping goods, you are farming, and you're feeding your people. Not only does it have the farming part of it, but it also has the after effects of the eating, yeah. which is the whole premise of the theme. I think, personally, between the two, this one should move on. I would have to disagree because you made the mention of it earlier. Caverna is about the farming. Not necessarily you don't have to farm in the sense of leafy greens or anything like that, but you are growing your cattle. You are growing your donkeys in the cave. There are like mushroom farms in said cave. And you do have to feed your people with the food that you produce out of your farm. Right. And so this one fits the category the best. That's what it doesn't. And that's because Caverna, you have active mining, you're getting gems, you're building your dwarf family. Yeah, you could yeah, completely but if you, ignore the agriculture part of it and just go into cave mining. mining you better make sure you get your food because if you don't feed your people, you get negative points. Yeah, but you're feeding your people just to get... <laughs> but you need to do your points. agriculture to feed your people. Eh, kind of. But this, the feast justifies having the, feeding the people. It's not to, just to make them survive. It's not just a penalty. It's the theme. That's what that's why I got sent. So let's break it down. Okay. We have five different criteria that'll help us decide. Uh, meaningful choice. Which there, one? There's more meaningful choice in Peace for Odin. There is no if, answer, but there to the point there's too many choices. Well that's that's a detriment to it, right? If there's too many choices, yeah. then you know that But not uh, not too many good choices doesn't necessarily no. mean good. But the thing is there's choices. not a lot of good choices because we've all played four different versions of Feast for Odin. And my right. uh, replicating my farm was actually by far the worst. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I you were penalized for it. Yes, I was because I didn't get enough stuff to block all the negative spaces. That's just because play better, you know. <laughs> that's, that's what it boils down to. So let's put that as a watch. Okay. So we're we're going to do that. Um, ease of play. I think that goes to Caverna. Caverna, yeah. Bear. Bear. Odin was a bear. Yeah. Well, mind you, Caverna wasn't much better. Uh, Agricola is actually the easier one of these three. Art and production? Feast for Odin? Feast for Odin. Okay, I agree with that. Um, what about game immersion? Feast for Odin. Okay. You really did get into like the Viking and the raiding. Like all three of you, when you were raiding, you were really getting into it, making sure your dice were going the right way and trying to mitigate it as best as possible. So. Okay. And replay value. I would say that goes to Caverna. Caverna, because there's modulars to there's it. There's more well. modulars. They, they have the full decks of cards. Now, they have that in Beast for Odin as well, but that is really the core. It's a card play. Yeah, but you get most of the modular out of the expansion. So that means that we have a tie. And more players. Doesn't Caverna support more players? Ah, I think it both does support. No, no, it does. Yeah, because yeah, because that caps it. Beast for Odin caps at four, and it the timing on that. Every player jumps it up nearly an hour. Oh yeah, so they're, they're new players, of course. Yeah. Uh, so is, is your votes Caverna to move on for the four players? I think yeah, that that's I mean, a bonus on on Caverna. On Caverna. Now, have you played both of them? Or no, Caverna, no. but not uh, Peace for Odin. Not Peace for Odin. Honestly, it's it's like Caverna, but like twice as much. Twice so. as much, yeah. It's <laughs> good. It's fun. If you like Caverna, if you like to hear that thing. All right, so Caverna's moving on. Bad vote. Caverna moves on. All right. Viticulture and Puerto Rico is our next quarterfinal, or semifinal. I will be arguing first, and thank you for your input. All right, you get Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Okay. I'm just going to leave my hat So, well, 
There was a time on Working Geek where Puerto Rico was the number one game, and there is a reason for that. And I'm going to argue very subtle. It is one of the most meaningful, strategic, very good, solid games. There has only been one real update to it where the designer went on and said if he was willing to change one thing, he would swap the prices of two buildings. Two of the buildings, that's it. He was like, one is slightly more powerful and we put it a little more less expensive. That's other, it. Uh, other than the fact that they're changing the fact that it was colonialism now. now. Right, other than the theme, I mean, of course, yeah, you want to change the theme. And we agree that we, we know that they are changing the theme. That's fine. That the, the theme is questionable and they're going to change Honestly, it. Honestly, they're not changing the theme, they're just changing the time period. Right, exactly, to make it more justified. Yeah. But really, I mean, I'll give I'll give Viticulture art and production <laughs> because if you've seen the buildings in Puerto Rico, and have you seen the buildings in Puerto Rico? They're gray tiles. Oh, oh god. They're just gray tiles that say the name of the building and what they do. They're just status effects that are on a tile. That's it. Yeah. So it's not exciting at all. No. It's it's the most boring looking out of all of these games, probably, thanks to Alea. Um, yeah, well that's just Alea's thing. I yeah. mean what is it? What is the stuff I'm talking about? They had to reprint three different times. So yeah, it's it's absolutely safe. There's no justification for it. Um, so yeah, I mean, but as I'll, far I'll as give you the goes, fact that uh, Puerto Rico has much more meaningful choice than Viticulture because Viticulture, it's just a bunch of good choices that you can do, mm -hmm. and you still have a chance to compete no matter what you're doing. That's Puerto right. Rico, you have to be smart when you're playing. Okay. So I think we need to break this down. Yeah, and so for me, though, when it comes to viticulture, this one is where you're seeing that process all the way through. You're, right. you're creating your grapes, and then you're moving them into the winery, and then selling them, and also giving tours. So you're seeing all that you're aspect of farming. Game immersion. Yeah. Is that okay? I will give you that because I do feel like, well, I mean, the fact that you're shipping brown cubes through. Okay, come terrible. on. Well, and art I'm not production. That takes you out of the game. Right? <laughs> so, art and production agree. Game that immersion. And, and the reason why, and the, the main reason why I say video culture is because of those little dewdrop things. That That is like the best component that I haven't seen anywhere else. I, you know, I don't like the wine tokens. I so love that, those tokens. Those are fine. They're half spheres. They're yeah. weird. And, and then they cool. just make everything that comes up. It just makes it look good on the board. That's it, what I'm saying. It's fine. It's fine. Um, hear me out on this, though. Okay. I think, and and I, I do firmly believe this, I think Puerto Rico is not only more meaningful choice, but also easier to play. Also easier to play. No, it's, it's not easier to play. It is. No, it is not easier to play. Because I, every, I so. especially if you're just doing base viticulture, yes. there's only two t places you're, well, there's two areas that you're right. going to do worker placement, and you just have to carry over That's what I'm saying, is that this Puerto Rico is going no. to just take an action, no. which is either buy a building, build a plantation, I no, remember. No, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but in viticulture, you have two stage worker placements, mm -hmm. multiple worker placement spots that give you bonuses, you have... Play, uh, you have the grande meeples, right? Mm -hmm. That can replace different ones. You have the two different phases. Uh, well, the grande meeple doesn't replace anybody. It just moves you into the area. Well, it moves you into the area. It, it allows you to, to ignore that rule, right? Yeah. And then, but you can either use it as a regular worker. It's card management. You have to do that. You have to build up the the wine. That's a lot more going on. No, than just not when it when it comes to Puerto Rico. I, and I remember that because. I was able to teach viticulture to new players a lot easier than it was for uh, Puerto Rico to be taught to 
all of us that we were playing in. Even the third round when we're playing Puerto Rico, a lot of us are still going, what are we doing? <laughs> I, I still don't think it's as cut and dry as that. I really don't. I think Puerto Rico, it, which of those do you agree with? Do you agree with meaningful choice? I agree with meaningful choice in Puerto Rico because... And you're disagreeing okay. with ease of play. Ease of play, yes. Okay. What are our three criteria for ease of play? Uh, analysis paralysis uh, of familiarity. Analysis paralysis is a knock on Puerto Rico. I agree. And, and familiarity of a mechanism or the theme, which that's uh, worker placement. Is that what you're going yeah. with versus action selection? A lot more people know worker placement. Okay. All right. I'll give it that. Ease of play. Uh, replay value, though. Uh, how many expansions for Puerto Rico? Couple. I know for Not sure there's. Not many. I know there's at least two, and they were four, packaged together for four for. Yeah, and they also have all the modules. Yeah, you have the visitors. Yeah. You have Tuscany. You have uh, there's two visitor packs, Tuscany, and then of course they just did the co-op expansion. Okay, so that's right. four. They're willing to concede that then. Then that would give it to Viticulture. Uh, Viticulture. Viticulture Luzon versus Caverna. All right, going into our final, we have two games. And viewers of the podcast know this, that we will not pick a side now. We're just going to argue out each of the criteria, break it down, see what we need to decide. Which of these two games, Caverna or Viticulture, is the best farming board game? So one thing is jumping out at me easily, hands yeah. down, and Viticulture wins this one. Part of production. <laughs> Let's hold on. Okay. I know, we, I know you don't like Clemens Franz art. No, no, no it's, it's not the Clemens Franz art. When your people are just this, and you actually have cutout meeples for Viticulture plus the spheres. But they have stickers. No. No. Yeah, they have they <laughs> add art to the tokens. No. I mean, it, like, versus little meeple. I, I don't know. The Grande meeple is just a slightly larger meeple. It's nothing new. And another thing that I will have to say about Viticulture, too, and you even have to admit this, they go out of their way to make sure things are colorblind friendly. So, okay. graphic design, yeah. right there. Okay. But I don't know that there's anything in Caverna that is not graphic. Oh, not yeah, there is. There's, there's a couple things that I struggle with. Uh, some of the farming cards, and some of the... Because like they have like the light red and the light green for things. And that's always been a struggle for me. Other than that, stuff up, I don't no, know. No, no, there, there's like the... Because the, the warning so factor... audience knows, him and I are both colorblind. So we knock games really badly when they're not colorblind friendly. Yeah, Very both red, green, colorblind too. Yes. Yeah. We're so, Daniels that are both colorblind. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing amongst Daniels. Don't Apparently, we really find weird. a lot of them out there too. Uh, we found one in. Uh, so far this year, we've been to two different conventions and found another Daniel that's also colorblind. I swear, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. Uh, so, but if then you have kids, don't name them Daniel. They will probably be colorblind. Though. But I, I, like I said, the graphic design I think is better in Viticulture. I okay. think um, the fact that they go out of their way for the colorblind friendliness. The the, the uh, aren't, uh, what, are, so, what about pieces and components? Oh, I like the pieces and components way better. Again, discs versus actual meeples, because some of them are screen printed in the expansion. And then of course those little. You, you yeah, get, that's art. Art is subjective. Art is one. Okay. Uh, pieces and components is the other, and then of course we're talking about graphic design. Okay. So, I think two or three. In our audience, do me a favor. I, can I ask you guys for help real quick? Okay. <laughs> Google 
uh, a game called Caverna and look at the art and just judge it. <laughs> and then Google a game called Viticulture, and I'll be happy to spell that for you. And then we will come back to this once you guys have decided which one you think is just objectively free. Wait, okay. what do we Caverna? <laughs> like K E. No, C A V. Wait, I'm not even close. C A V. You don't even know how to spell. C R N A. Caverna. And you teach students. Follow me out here. I am an elementary teacher, clearly. Caverna. Cave. C. Yeah, cave. C A V E. R N A. And just look at the art. Just do what you got to do. And we'll come back to that. The other one is Viticulture, V-I-T-I culture, C-U-L-T-U-R-E. Okay. While you guys are looking that up, we'll cut, we'll discuss the other factors real quick. Okay, so, so um, meaningful choice. Both of them have really good amounts of meaningful choice. Um, I think just because it's Juve, it has to go to Caverna. Caverna, okay. Because you have to be smarter about I don't feel in pretty culture you can have that divergence of strategy. You must grow grapes, you must complete yeah, there, there, that is, there's different I mean, things, that's the point. There's sure. different ways you could do it because you right. can concentrate on the grapes and upgrading your farm fastest because you're going to make most of your money when you sell your wine better. However, there's different things that you got to do. But when it comes down to it, you have to be smart about, okay, I'm going to go this way and do my farm, right. or I'm going to do this way and mine, or I'm going to go on raids and stuff like that because there is a little bit of raiding in Caverna. But you yeah. can't, you yeah. know, you can't dabble. You can't be a jack of all trade, master of none. You have to master something. You have to but you have that divergence. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'll get. I think meaningful choice goes to Caverna. Okay. Okay. Replay value. Have you guys seen Caverna? It's kind of ugly. It's not great. <laughs> right. The other one is viticulture. V i t i c u l t e t u r e t. Yeah, I was gonna say. Again, you need to go back to school yourself. Wait. <laughs> Viticulture. V I T I C U L T U R E. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Replay value. All right. So the way we break down replay value is the expansions. Uh huh. Uh, the to get the full experience. Uh, and number of plays. Number of plays to get the full experience and, and one other and one. scale. Yeah, scale. Okay. okay. So viticulture plays two to four. It, uh, no, no, two to five. No, two to six. Two to six. All Stonewire oh, games are two to six. Okay, I did not realize that. But yeah, right, that's fair. That's one of their criteria is they have to play two to six. Okay. okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that, but all right. Two to six, okay, which is more than Caverna. No, technically. But which uh, one is shorter? Viticulture can actually play solo. They have the Atoma. <laughs> but one then at six. that point, you're just sitting there playing with yourself, and that's why. We know this. <laughs> so. One to six, sure. Okay, it's and two to but, four for Caverna. So the scaling. But Caverna, which one scales better? Which one plays better? No, they're both long. They're both long. long. Yeah, but the fact that at a full at a full six, it's going to be longer. Uh, but they're on average, average, it's like thirty minutes per player, both games. Okay, so then scaling, I think that part is a wash. Viticulture would be the scaling because it can play more. Fun. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay. The replay value again. Replay there's value four expansions for. There's a lot for Caverna. There, yeah, I know. I there's like, many, there's like there's eight a lot. for Caverna. Did you guys see the art yet? Which one's better? Which which one do you guys like the art? Viticulture? Viticulture? Yeah, I told you. Fine. I'll give it this much. Alright, Viticulture gets hard to study. Fine. Yeah. Alright, All right, so... Thank you for doing that. 
uh, replay value convertible. 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 Yes. yes. Now, I don't. So I'm going to skip that one. I think viticulture is more immersive. Than yes, that. I agree. Viticulture is more immersive. So now we have ease of play. Which one is easier to play? And this will decide ultimately which is the best farming game. Which again, let's explain why we pick farming games. Yuma is the farming capital, basically leafy the farming green. capital. Uh, they produce about capital. 90% of the world's uh, leafy yeah. greens, especially during the winter. So not only do you listen to our podcast to hear us argue about completely arbitrary <laughs> stuff, you learn as well. Not spelling, clearly. Yeah, no, not, um, not for me. All right, so ease of play. Which one's easier? They're both worker placement. Yeah. The worker placement Honestly, is simpler. Honestly, I think the worker placement is simpler in Caverna, yeah. just because it opens up as the game goes on. You get more spaces as Which one's more on. familiar? I like Caverna. It's been, it was there first. 2007 so, was yeah. Caverna, so, okay. All right. Um, which one has... Uh, Honestly, I'll tell you which one which has one's a better more... chance to get to the table more because of the feed. And it's viticulture. I don't know. Is 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 wine making that exciting? People in the audience versus delving through a cave and farming. What do you guys vote? What do you guys think? Wine making. Would you vote for wine making or like cave diving and farming? Cave diving. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I got one there. I drown. Huh? I drown. I just know how to play dead. That's all. <laughs> there you go. All right. So all right. Let's see. Real quick, raise of hands for wine making. Okay. And raise of hands for cave delving. All right. All right. So that more likely got the table. Me. Yep. Okay. And then finally, which one is more prone to analysis? Caverna. No. And we know that to be true because of who we play with. In joke. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. So that means it goes to viticulture. Yeah. You're saying. Yep. So viticulture wins two to three. So officially, the best. Farming game that him and I have both played, caveat. Um, and the highest rank on there is Viticulture by Stonemeyer Games. So let's give that an applause. They won. Good job. Barely because of art. Yeah, art. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to lie. Caverna is pretty ugly. Yeah. It really is. It's one of the I saw the cringe. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh you think that one's ugly? You should look at Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah, that one's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, check out Puerto Rico when you get a chance. The right. buildings are just gray squares with numbers on it. So what we're going to do is we're going to close out the podcast, and then we can just answer some questions for the next 10 minutes. Sure, sounds good. So uh, if you ever want to watch us on a live episode of Everyday Board Games, which we do live live streams on twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames, go check it out. I apologize if there's a typo in our title here. It's Everyday Board Games. It's actually Everyday Board Games. And where do, uh, what's the, the link to go watch? TV slash Everyday Board Games. All right. And you can also find all video re-uploads of the podcast at YouTube. Uh, just search for Everyday Board Games. And if you like what we do, uh, you can help us grow on that platform by liking, the commenting, and uh, subscribing to us. As well as all audio podcasts itself are up on most podcast platforms, uh, such as Spotify, Google, Amazon Music. Uh, we're still working to get on iTunes. Apparently, they don't like our logo, which is just a die. Um, that's about it. So if you ever want to contact us directly, we have an email address, everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. And feel free to uh, join it, uh, email us oh. to enter into contests, which, which we do we have to do right now. We have a contest going on right now. Our code word is farming. So if you email us there, you have a chance to win a free game that we will ship directly to you. So, and you guys are privy to that information. 
Also, if you have ideas for future episodes or just want to reach out and say hi, everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. As well as you can get in contact us at our official Twitter account, at EBG Podcasting. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been Daniel. And I've been Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.